Welcome to the Encounter Christian Church Message Podcast, where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services. To find out more about Encounter or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Robbie O'Donnell and I'm the Senior Pastor of Encounter Church. It's great having you watching with us today, wherever you are, whatever lounge room, whereabouts in the country or maybe somewhere in the world, it's great that you're listening. What a crazy world we're living in right now. Like just who would have thought months ago that we'd be situated like we are, but you know, no matter where you are, I want you to know that God does love you. It's not just a cliche, he actually loves you. And we're starting a new series starting today called For God So Loved Series. The Bible tells us that that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but they will have eternal life. That he died for you, that he gave up his son for you, that, that God valued you so much while you were in your worst state, while we were sinners, the Bible said, Christ died for us. He paid a price because he saw the value of who you were and he gave the greatest price, his only son. Man, how much does God love us? For God so loved Shepparton, for God so loved you that he sent his son. And this is part one and I've titled today's message for part one, for what cause would you lay down your life? What cause? Is there a purpose or a cause that you could think of that you would sacrifice your life or you would you would suffer discomfort, you would sacrifice your flesh, you would get uncomfortable, you would, you would do something that is not easy for you to do. What cause or purpose would there be that you would lay down your life? And, and many of you are doing it right now in that for the good of the community and society and for Shepherd and you're in self-isolation or forced isolation. You're not able to go to your favourite restaurant or hang out with your friends at your favourite coffee shops and, and, and our whole world is turned upside down at the moment and many of us are doing that because we're laying our life down for a cause greater than ourselves, the rest of our society and our community's health and, 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 and their comfort and, and their life that they don't get sick. So good on you and good on me. But, you know, maybe some of you have done things medically where you've had to give up a kidney. You gave up a kidney voluntarily to save a relative's life, you know. There's many ways that we could lay our life down for another or for a cause. There's a thing that says easy come, easy go. You know, there's a saying. And generally when we value something, we're willing to pay a price for it. Pay a price. If you wanted a diamond ring, there's generally a price of of. of spending a lot of money or that new sports car or whatever it would be, there's, there's a price you have to pay to get something that is of value. But when somebody gets something that they haven't had to pay for, you know, we hear stories of people that won lotto and in five years all the money's gone. Because if they didn't earn it themselves and, and gain the wisdom and, and, and valued the price that it costs to get it, it's easy to let it part through our fingers. And same with buying that teenager the brand new car that, you know, sometimes you hear stories of. And we brought our daughter, not a brand new car, but it was a bit dearer than what our other friends were getting. And I remember coming home one day and there's a big scratch down the car and it's like, well, what happened to the car? Oh, I was in a car park and there was one of those big, you know, metal poles and it scraped down the side of the car. I said, oh, what did you do? She's like, oh, me and my friend thought it was funny. We laughed. And I remember being slightly just, you know, alarmed by that because – I paid the price for that car. I worked a job and did things for that car. And, and when you don't 
earned that car yourself and paid the price, the value of it is not the same. It's the same as, as the woman who's about to have that baby. You know, there's a price to go through the birth pains to have that baby born or disciplining your children. You know, sometimes it's not easy. You don't want to do it, but we know we need to do it. Even though it's painful, we feel bad. But the value that they will get out of that in their character will last them a lifetime. Same with that sports person. You know, they, 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 they sacrifice and, and, and they do what they need to do to be the best because there's a prize at the end of it. You know, the world even has that saying, no pain, no gain. And so there's always a price to be paid for something that we value or something that we want or something or a cause that we believe is bigger than ourselves. Because if we're not prepared to pay the price for that thing, then do we actually really want it? Do we actually really highly value it? See, Jesus is the greatest treasure that you and I can have. He paid a price for us, but he also asked us to pay a price for him. Let me explain. It says in Luke 14, 27, if you've got your Bibles, read this with me. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So Jesus says to be a follower and a disciple of his, we have to actually take up a cross. We have to lay down our life. Who's Jesus actually talking to here? We find out Jesus is talking to the crowds. So the crowds are are all about Jesus. They're following Jesus. They want the miracles. They, They want to know him. And he's saying, okay, for you to be a disciple, for you to leave the crowd, you have to lay down your life. There has to be a sacrifice or you'll just be a part of the crowd. You're just going to follow the masses. But for you to be my disciple, you can't just be one of the masses, one of the crowd. You've got to step out from the crowd. You've got to stand out from what the rest are doing. And you've got to take up your cross. You've got to follow me. You've got to do my will, not your will. Because God's ways are higher than our ways as the heavens are above the earth. If we're just following our own will, we're just following the crowd. But to follow Jesus is to follow his will and to take up our cross. You know, Jesus could have easily told the disciples and and the crowd and everybody what they wanted to hear. But Jesus told them what they needed to hear, not what they wanted to hear. You know, you don't want to have friends that just tell you what you want to hear. We all need friends who are going to tell us what we need to hear, who are going to challenge us about the things that maybe we've walked away from God in or we've taken a pathway where our decisions are being selfish. And we need a friend to say, hey, I love you dearly, but you know what? You're doing the wrong thing right now. We need friends like that. Not friends are going to tell us and flatter us with all the things we want to hear, but friends are actually going to challenge us on our convictions and our values and our standards. I remember when I was 18, I gave my life to Jesus. And I was a part of a friendship surfing group that, you know, it wasn't necessarily the best group for me to be in. And, and I had to make a, a decision. I had to, I'm going to take up my cross. I'm going to, not going to be part of the crowd and follow what everyone's doing and their value system. I made a decision to sacrifice and walk away from that, that comfort of that group to be alone and join another group from church and follow Jesus. That was my sacrifice to be his disciple. You know, there's always a price to be paid for something of value. There's always a price. Jesus suffered on the cross for you. He valued you, that he was tortured on a cross, went through excruciating pain because he valued you so much. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 too, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. The joy of seeing you in eternity, 
The joy of seeing you in heaven, the joy of seeing you set free and released inside of yourself to be the best you. He endured the cross for you. Same as the woman who, who's had the baby inside her belly for nine months. Um, she, she, for the joy of seeing the newborn baby be born and the laughter on its face, there's the pains that they have to endure. But if we're willing to see the prize and the reward, we're often willing to pay the price if we really value what that thing is. See, are you willing to pay the price for what he values? It's easy to pay a price for something I or you value. There's almost a selfishness in that. But are we willing to pay a price for the things that are valued to God, the things that matter to him, the things that he's asking you to be obedient in? Are we willing to submit our will to his will and to his ways? See, the Olympian has to get up really early and train to, 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 to get to the Olympics. The person who wants a husband or wife, they actually have to shower and, and dress nicely and be a pleasant person to, to find a spouse. The person who wants to go to uni, you know, they actually have to do an assignment. You actually have to study. Who, who would have thought? Crazy world we live in. And so it is a follower of Jesus, they actually need to follow him. They need to actually obey him and do his will and go against their own flesh and their own selfish desires at times to fulfill his purpose. See, the sports person eventually receives the prize. The uni student receives the degree. The person looking for a spouse finds a spouse. And the person who's following Jesus finds fulfillment and purpose and destiny and goes to eternal life in heaven when they become a disciple who takes up their cross. It says in Luke 9, 24 to 25, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, not for my sake, but his sake, and the gospels will find it and save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in exchange for his soul? In other words, when we live according to our ways and our desires, we're trying to save our life. We're living, living according to our flesh. But when we're willing to lay down our life, lay down our flesh, lay down our purposes and our dreams and our desires to take up his, the Bible says that's when we save it. To the degree that we die to self is to the degree that God can resurrect us. You know, we need a conviction that that's what we need to do. We need a conviction that we count the cost in advance so that we don't fall over in the heat of battle. It says in Luke 14, 28 to 30, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all those who see it begin to mock him saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish it. We need to go into knowing Jesus, knowing that, hey, it's not always going to be easy. Or God asks you to do a particular task or career or, or move to a certain place and start a church or, or a ministry or, or whatever the call of God is for your life and according to your giftings. You need to know and have a conviction, hey, it's not always going to go well. There's going to be battles. There's going to be tough days. There's going to be times when you're going to want to quit. But if we have the conviction to continue even when we don't feel like it because it's his will, we're more likely to finish the journey. There's a great statement that I actually think I wrote. I haven't read this before, but anyway, this, it's a great statement, isn't it? I'm going to read it to you. Just, 
Here it is. The life you have in eternity is in light of your surrender to God and earth. I'll say it again. The life you have in eternity is in light of your surrender to God on earth. And there's another saying which we have in the great movie Gladiator, and, and it's, you know, what we do on this earth will echo in eternity. And the things that we experience on this earth and decisions we make and the life that we lay down for the purpose of Christ and for his kingdom will echo in eternity. To, that, that if we sacrifice things now, there's prizes and rewards on this earth and in heaven. The Apostle Paul puts it another way. He says in 2 Corinthians 4.17, For this light momentary affliction, light momentary, the affliction we may be having right now, it's not forever, it's not permanent. This isolation in our home, this virus, the discomforts and the anxieties and the fears and, and the inconvenience we're having right now, it's only temporary. And then he goes on to say this, this light momentary affliction is preparing for us, preparing for you, an eternal weight of glory beyond comparison. Whatever you're going through today, what, what, whatever you're going through in your situation, your family or marriage or your workplace or with your friends or relationships, you know, it's temporary. It's momentary. But going through this stuff, we know that what we will receive in God, maybe you're getting persecuted for your faith right now, whatever it is, we will receive a glory that doesn't even compare to, to the thing we're going through right now. So we need to take heart. You know, God has a mission and he has a purpose for you. He has a destiny for you. It's not a cliche. God, you're not an accident. You weren't just born for nothing. You were born for purpose. You were born to, for God to use and for his glory. And how were the disciples of Jesus able to do great things? When they were just fishermen, why? What they laid down to God, he was able to raise up. So to the degree that we can surrender to God is the degree that he can raise it up in power. To the degree that you will submit your authority and your flesh and your purpose and your will is to the degree that he can raise whatever you surrender, he can raise that measure back up in power. See, the crowds didn't do great things for God. Individuals that were surrendered to his presence and his authority and his will at, at painstaking sacrifice to themselves did amazing things for God. It says that the disciples turned the known world upside down. It says in John 12, 24, this is Jesus saying, Very truly I say, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. See, the death of us, our flesh, our will, God resurrects for his glory with fruitfulness, with life. See, God knew the principle. He sent his son, the king of heaven, to die, knowing that his death could produce life when the father resurrected him. Whatever we plant in the ground and we die too, and we give to him and we surrender, he's able to breathe his resurrection power and life on and bring glory to his name. See, for oil to flow out of our life, there needs to be a crushing. There's a, a song, and uh, it's a Hillsong song, and it's called New Wine, and it talks about in the crushing, in the pressing, he will make new wine. And maybe you feel a bit like me right now. You're going through a crushing. You're going through a pressing. But can I encourage you? It's not to kill you. 
It's so God to, can draw out the glory out of your life. He can draw out his anointing oil, his presence, his power, his new wine out of you. See, in Israel, if you visit there today and you go to the Mount of Olives, there's, there's ancient olive press where you, you have this stone base that has a channel on the outside and as a stone wheel and, and a timber in it. And they push the timber and the wheel goes around this stone base and they would fill it with olives and the stone wheel would crush the olives as it's ground around and around and the oil from the olives would drain out and be crushed and come out of a spout. To get the olive oil, there had to be a crushing. There had to be a processing. For God to draw out the wisdom and knowledge and understanding out of your life, to, to draw out the oils of your life and of his presence, of his spirit, that you would be a life that would, would channel um, life into other people. There, there has to be a crushing. That, like Jesus' life was crushed so the resurrection power could come and eternity could come for you. God cares about you so much that, he wants your life to be a life that counts. See, the oil from the olives is used for healing. The olives oil is, is used for cleansing. It's, it's, a, it's used for anointing and empowering people for purpose. It was also used in the lamps for light. And perhaps your experience right now, what you're going through in your marriage or, or in your business or, or, or with your son or your daughter, and, and it feels like a crushing and you don't feel like you're going to make it. Could be the wisdom you get out of that will be words that illuminate other people, that you would be a light to people in darkness, that you would speak words in season that would cause other people who were paralyzed with depression all of a sudden to have hope for tomorrow, that you could bring bright, bold hope because in your crushing, you can bring light in other people's darkness. And God wants to use you. So don't give up when you're being crushed and feel like, hey, maybe you've blown it. No, maybe your crushing is the perfect plan and will of God as it was for Jesus, that your life could be a life that changes shepherd and change your town and your city and your family and your environment. It says in Galatians 2.20, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. For us to no longer live, there needs to be a death. There needs to be a dying. There needs to be a crushing. So, so for Christ to live in us, we have to take up our cross. For Christ to live in us, there needs to be a death of who we are and our own selfish ambition and desires and ways and pleasures and comforts that Christ can live in us. The, 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 the more of us, the less of Christ. The less of us, the more of Christ. You know, no weapon formed against you shall prosper because greater is he that is inside of you than he that is in the world. See, Jesus was crushed on the, Christ, on, the, on the cross for you so you could have that oil, that power in your life. So many Bible characters went through a crushing. You got Apostle Paul persecuted and jailed and, 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 and ridiculed and, and, they, and at one point they stoned to death so that he could write three quarters of the New Testament that you could have illumination. We see Moses living on the backside of the desert for 40 years that he went through the crushing that he could be the liberator of his people out of the nation of Egypt. We see David living in caves in the backside of the desert being persecuted, living in fear of his life, knowing that he's paying a price that one day he would be the greatest king of Israel. We have Joseph who's in prison for like 20 years, paying a price that he would one day be the prime minister of Egypt. There's always a price to be paid for the prize. And you know, the, 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 the price is paid before the prize. 
You don't get the prize and the reward and then you pay a price. You have to pay the price. You have to go through the crushing in faith and in hope, knowing you haven't got the prize yet. While you're in that place of darkness or in that valley and you're going through paying that price, you're hoping the prize will come. You're hoping the reward will come. You're living by faith that you will receive it. And perhaps right now you're in a place where you can't see the prize and you're paying the price. But know in God, as you go through the journey of paying the price, you will receive the prize. You will receive the promise that is made to you because he's not a liar. Something that is of value requires a cost. And maybe God's promised you a promise, but there's a promise over your life. But you know what? You've got to pay the price to get it, just as Jesus paid the price to get the prize of you. Easy come, easy go. God wants to know how bad do you want this thing? If he's going to give you a stewardship of a ministry or a calling or a prize of whatever your heart's desire is, he wants to know that you value it and that you're prepared to hold on to it at all costs. Because if you get it easy, you'll let it go easy. We're faithful in the little. He will make you and I faithful in the much. And the oil flows out of the crushing, but the crushing's not forever. Jesus is asking you to move out from the crowd and become a disciple, to be one who makes decisions based on your relationship with him. Taking up your cross is a disciple, not living according to your flesh and your will. A disciple lives according to the will of his father. Because as the heavens are above the earth, so is his will above my will and my ways and your ways. See, God the Father wants you as a disciple to lay your life down, to surrender your seed, to surrender yourself into the soil of who his son is. Then God can cause an amazing growth. He can cause fruit and flowers. You know, you, you need the pruning before you get the new life and before you get the fruit that comes and that God would be glorified and that your life is fulfilled because of the promise of God over you, that the will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven, that his will would be done on your life and not my will because his will is far better and bigger than anything I or you can imagine. I want to pray over your church. If, if you're comfortable wherever you are in whatever lounge room or office you are right now, if, if you're comfortable to close your eyes and just lift your hands, I just want to pray a prayer over you. Heavenly Father, I just pray for every person who can hear my voice, Lord. Whatever situation they're in, whether they're isolated on their own or they're with their family, Father, I just pray for a peace on their mind. I pray for anxiety, depression to go. I pray, Father, for just a joy to enter their soul, Father. I pray for you to make a way where there is no way, Father. I pray for new hope, new hope, a new season, Father, that they would enter in. I pray, Lord, that you would give new direction. And those that you're asking to lay down their life and their desires and dreams and their flesh, whatever it may be for, their, for them, Father, I pray that you'd give them the power to submit to your will and to your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To stay in touch with Encounter, follow us on Instagram at encounter.cc or find us on Facebook at encounter.shepparton.